What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Lift the Lift podcast. This is season three, episode three. You. Yep. This is your host here, Dylan Ignacio, and of course, our host, Phil Morse. Ear. Ear, respectfully. So today is the day. Oh, gosh. If you've been listening to the podcast for the past few months, we have hinted at this episode for so long that we decided what a better time to speak about this topic than when doing our full, as you know, this this season, specifically season three, is dedicated to those who serve, first responders, military. And we, I was sitting here and I was like, we... Let's see, episode three, we did the introduction. Mm-hmm. We went into the hiring phase and all that in our last episode. And now we're getting more specific with the topics, like we said in the last episode. And so today is going to be all about relationships. Oh, my goodness. Relationships, dude. Bro, I've been, this is six and a half, seven months of just, we've been teasing at it every episode. Yeah. Just. Just the subtle tease. And it's finally here. And it's going to be an absolute fun. I think it's going to be a great one. We're going to talk about everything. Y'all are finally going to hear a little bit about what I went through. Not going to go too great into detail, but just kind of give you like a vision of where I was, what happened, how I came back from it. You know, Dylan's going to talk about his side if, if he wants to. But like, I'm, I'm just saying this episode is going to be straight fuego. Honestly, your story is going to take the cake. Dude, I know that for sure because the whole reason we have not brought up this episode is because at one point, Mm. we legally couldn't. Yeah, literally. We just, we could not speak about certain things. And now we can. Yeah. Now we can literally talk about as much as we want. Right. Now. With with respect to the other party. I'm going to put a disclaimer here. Actually, a few disclaimers here. Yeah. A, and if you don't know this by now, then maybe you just haven't been listening. But Morris and I are not experts Mm-mm. at all in the field. Not even close. And our podcast, although does give tips, tricks, things like that, and advice based off of personal experience and through advice we've gotten from professionals yep. in the mental health space. It does not mean at all but that like our anything that we discuss in this relationships topic is you know, is God's word, right? Right. Like, if you don't agree with something, open to Q&A. You can reach out to us. If there's something that strikes you that you're like, that was wildly not okay, hey, I'm down for criticism. Yeah, critique. Critique it all day. Let us know if we're out of line. But we have experienced, and Morse in this field specifically, have experienced things that a lot of People in our profession, unfortunately, experience or deal with. And that's why I think it's so important to bring this in. Now, for all you guys who are listening to this podcast that are not military law enforcement, that does not mean that this podcast cannot benefit you. Right. A lot of things we're going to talk about and how we like to try to do things in this podcast is to make it universal for everybody. Mm. Right. So bear that in mind as we start giving these examples through the job. Yeah. So. With that being said, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Facts. Um, so I want to discuss this a little bit and then segue this into your story. Okay. 
but there's there's certain things that let's just take a baseline relationship. Okay, let's just say you got two people you know, who are in a relationship and they have no external stress and they have no other jobs. And, you know, we're just, we're just cutting it into this perfect world scenario where there's no prior, prior traumas Mm. or anything like that, that each individual needs to filter out to make sure that their relationship works. They're just two fully healthy, (laughs) maybe no life experience (laughs) uh, individuals in a relationship they're going to notice because you're two different people that they're going to have issues that they're going to have to work out amongst each other over time. Right. That's just a default. Personalities might be different. Love languages might be different. And I know this sounds corny, but there are five different love languages. And if you don't know what that is, Google it, Google it, take the test, figure out what yours are. It might solve a lot of your problems. They also wrote a book on it. I've read it. Yep. Right. And if you're going to cut my masculinity out of this one, that's fine with me because I'm thick enough for all of us. <laughs> Sauce, dude. <laughs> but understanding that people show love different ways um, and the way they care about each other and the things that they do and, and don't do and, and what have you. And, a, and, and allow that to be your baseline so maybe you understand why you and the person you're dating have different issues. Now, we take that scenario, right, a perfect world scenario, and now we're going to throw some more stressors onto it. Mm-hmm. let's just say maybe you're in a very traumatic relationship prior you're going to whether you think you fully healed or not is that you're going to have maybe uh either consciously or subconsciously have some type of triggers or some type of anxiety or things like that around the behaviors of your your partner because of the things that you've experienced right and being able to identify those and, and kind of get an understanding for those is extremely important to make sure that that relationship is healthy. Yep. Now, another disclaimer, we're not giving you this advice so that in all relationships that you're in, you just make them work, even if they're not working. Mm-hmm. There's a really big difference between in a relationship kind of going on a downfall because you guys truly aren't meant for each other. But then there's a whole nother uh, realm of issues that come because the issues that you're dealing with with your partner aren't your partner's issues. They're your issues, ones you haven't addressed yet. So then let's step it up a notch. Now you've joined the profession of law enforcement, or maybe you're in the military or something like that. And now you've noticed that your stress levels have gone from an all-time low to an all-time high. And we talked about it before. It's kind of like this roller coaster. Right. Now, it would be ignorant for anybody to think that having that type of experience um, or that kind of job or anything like that would not leak into how you love or treat the people that you care about. Right. Whether your family, whether your friends, or specifically for this one, relationships pertaining to like a significant other or, you know, somebody you're dating or something like that. And understanding that. So the reason this topic is so important is because I do feel that although I just said that the point of this podcast is not to make you stay with somebody that you, you know, don't want to be with or whatever have you and to just make it work. Um, on top of that, I do think that a lot of relationships end because it's the easiest option. Right. Because leaving is easier than just trying to navigate through all the emotional fuckery that maybe you're experiencing individually or you're experiencing with that person. Right. And because of the lack of communication and things like that, it's just become a total cluster at this point 
and it's just easier to, to, to lay it down. Right. But what I typically end up seeing is that, and I've seen this through friends and all that kind of different, different things is that then there becomes the breakup, the regret period. And then it becomes kind of like this. And I'm sure anybody here who's listening could has seen this before is it becomes just like a bounce house of relationship where we're together. We're not together. We're together. We're not together. And I do believe that a lot of times that that happens because the choice to leave was chosen because it was the easiest, but not because it was the the decision that was best most beneficial, most beneficial for you all, especially if you're deciding to stay together off of these, all, all these um, back and forth. Right. So with that being said, and, and, if you're a little bit confused about some of the things that I talk about in this episode, go back to our previous episode because I kind of talk about um, a little bit about the emotional roller coaster and the state of hypervigilance and falling into it um, into a depressive state and all that kind of stuff. And if you really want to dive into it, and I'll keep referring back to this episode, is go back to our podcast, go to the lift, go to the one less. It's the very first segment of episodes where it's titled "One Less." It's before we did the rebranding. And there's an episode in there called How Do We Emotionally Survive with Dr. Gil Martin. Mm. And he will explain the hypervigilance scale and all that to a T. We're going to use that as a reference a lot here. But moving forward, now you've stepped into the profession, whatever it is, and we're going to use law, law enforcement as our platform because I don't want to speak about other professions that I don't know about. But I know that we all kind of go through the same, uh, a similar emotional um, you know, mishaps or whatever. Right. Now you've jumped into this profession. You're in a very high stress position. So things in the relationship between you and whoever were really good. Now you've gotten into this job. You've noticed your stress was really high and you're still trying to maintain that really good relationship that you had prior. Right. And, but you're noticing that like things are lacking a little bit. Maybe you guys are arguing more than you used to, or maybe you guys are seeing your differences a little bit more. Maybe you're not spending as much time together. Maybe when you're not working, you don't feel like doing anything because you're exhausted. Right. Which does happen. Yeah. Or another one, very big one, is that now you've noticed yourself, or maybe you don't notice it, but but something to be keen on is that you can definitely suffer uh, like fatigue in the emotional spectrum when it comes to like empathy and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be before that, oh, you know, I'd come home, my girl would talk to me about her work day, and I'd be like, oh, babe, you know, we can work it out. And now because I'm experiencing all these traumatic events or, you know, I'm just riding this roller coaster at work from going to hot calls to this call to that call and solving everybody's issues, that now when my girl brings up or my boyfriend brings up or whatever brings up these issues, now I notice myself like having a hard time really giving a shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And that might just be because you're emotionally fatigued. It's not because you don't care about that person anymore. It's just because you are fatigued. Yeah. And being able to refresh that um, and being able to see that point of view. Okay. It's going to change you. Like stepping into this job and it's going to change you as a person. It's going to change literally like we've talked about and Dr. Gil Martin talks about. It's going to change your biological structure in your brain a little bit. Um you're going to develop a lot more stress hormones and things like that. And you're going to have to find ways to combat that. Now, if we said we are lift to live, we advocate for physical fitness. It has been proven time and time again to be a great way to just reset mm. those, those, that biological 
debauchery that happen, that occurs in the brain while you're on this profession, going through all these ebbs and flows of adrenaline rushes, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, as we've said before, and we're going to jump into this a little bit later in the episode, is therapy. Yeah. So, now that we've thrown a lot of that information at you, just kind of giving you a baseline, we're going to talk about Morse's story. Because I would say that what fucking I, I would say that <laughs> what Morse experienced is something that most of us fear, especially being this profession. Maybe you've been in the profession long enough to see other people go through this type of events. Right. Maybe you, there's a running joke where you know a sergeant or a lieutenant who's gone through multiple of these events. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon. But I think the importance of Morse's story, as we jump into it, is to see that you can experience something like this. Hopefully you don't. But if you do, it's not the end of your world or the end of your life. Right. It's not. And Morse has proven that, even when he didn't think at, at, in the beginning that that, that was. So right. I'm going to stop roundabouting it, and I'm going to let you... Just dive into yeah your story. So I'm not gonna like fucking sugarcoat, but I'm gonna have a little respect for the other parties. So I'm not gonna name career field, first last name, none of that stuff. But I'll give you a quick synopsis because <clears throat> basically in the fall of when was it? Probably 2017, going into 2018. Um, I was playing baseball with the Nationals. Uh, I was in their farm system. Uh, I was a single guy, living the dream, getting paid to throw baseball as hard as I can. Needed to, I felt like I needed to get back into the dating scheme. How long have you been single, would you say? I dated a girl in college my senior year, a couple months, and then she dumped me like a week after I got drafted. (laughs) Um, Absolutely traumatizing. Um, No, but... uh, I I remember actually after that happened, I was up in Auburn, New York. I had a conversation with my dad because I was using that situation as like, it was like the fucking end of the world. I was not pitching good. There would be games where I would blow and then automatically think, oh, it's because of what happened in my personal life. My dad was like, get your head out of your ass. It's not the end of the world. There's more fish in the sea. This is your career. You can lose. It's a business. You can lose your career at any point in time after one game. That, that could be it. So figured it out, went to fall ball, um, went to my next spring training single, finished the spring off that, sing, uh, that spring of 2017. Um, you know, I was single, wasn't dating, wasn't even doing like the hookup stuff because I was strictly focused on baseball. Um, going into the fall 2017 into 2018, um, I really wanted to find somebody to be compatible compatible with because if I was going to have this career as a long career field with baseball, God forbid I make it to the major leagues, make play 15 years, make $500 million, right? That's the dream. I want somebody to be my ride or die, raise a family with, live in the big house, not have to worry about finances. Your fucking kids, 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 kids are set for life forever. That's what I was pushing for. But I needed somebody to like push with me. Does that make sense? And was this the thought process you were having prior to even thinking about getting in law enforcement? You're still playing ball, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I downloaded the fucking dating apps. 
Um, I was, I don't think Hinge was a thing yet. It might have been. I just didn't know about it. But I was on Bumble and friggin' Tinder, which is just eyewash, by the way. <laughs> uh, but Bumble, like if you match with some, if you match with a girl on Bumble, the girl has to message first because on Tinder, a lot of the guys they say some, oh my god, some cringy ass pickup lines. So I'm swiping through, nothing's really clicking, and I see my now ex-wife, and I'm like, damn. You see, ever see that picture? You're like, fuck. I was like, dude, if I don't match with her, I'm going to be thinking about it the rest of the year, and it's just going to be fucked up. Beautiful, you know, redhead, beautiful eyes, whatever. And it was this photo. I'll never forget the photo. It's her looking off into the distance, like at a dinner table when she studied abroad. I can't remember what country it was in, but that's pointless. And I swiped right. Now, it was coming down to the last five minutes of this match. It's a 24-hour match, and I extended the match. I was like, dude, I have to. <laughs> With like an hour and a half left in the extension, she finally hits me up. Boom, we chit-chat, whatever. I'm like, look, let me get your number. Now, we start texting. Now, she was starting to kind of fill me in um, on the career choice that she did. She's in a very similar career choice to what we do now. Um, I'm not going to go into that detail. That's that's her business. But um, because she was working all the time, we started to FaceTime, make it more comfortable. So when that first chance of meeting in person, it's not so awkward, like, oh, we're going to sit across the dinner table, stare into one another's eyes and just like run out of things to talk about. I felt like I've been talking to this girl for a period of time now. We go on our first date. Boom, it's money. I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to date this girl. And it's going to be two months because I'd met her in, I want to say it was maybe November. And I was going to spring training in February. So it was only two or three months before I left. And I'm gone six, seven months out of the year while she's staying here. So I'm thinking two months, whatever. I go to spring training. I actually end up getting hurt in spring training. So I had to stay in what's called extended spring training. And I remember after spring training, the first, the first part of spring training, they give us four days to kind of, if you want to fly home, you can. If you want to stay, you can, but still had a curfew, whatever. And without even hesitation, she flew down on her own time, own money, and spent the four days with me. When that happened, I was like, boom, she's the one. She came to every game in the spring as much as she could. Um, she was always supporting me. We, I was always supporting her in her career field. Um, I clicked really well with her parents. Uh, with her brothers, uh, her whole basically whole background, her family is law enforcement. Um, but anyways, uh, it got to a point where we were so committed to one another, we wanted to um, basically, yeah, uh, we wanted to basically uh, start living together. You know, I'm with this girl now for a couple months. We've always seen each other. I was in the off season spending more time at her apartment in my own house. She was, you know, let me stay there because it was close to the training facility. Um, you know, when we were it, every day was something new. It was always adventurous. We finally moved into a spot where my sister used to live. Um, spent about a year there, and then I want to say we were maybe a, almost two years into the relationship, a year and some change. We got engaged fairly quickly. Uh, we'd always talked about it. We never looked at anybody else. Um, she was my best friend. Uh, we finally got engaged. And then the planning, like right off the rip for this wedding. It was like, boom, we, we got to do it. We get married in September of 2020. 
um, three months later, buy the house that I'm sitting in right now. Three months later, we want to start our lives together. I'm now in the law enforcement field um, or about to go to the, I just finished the police academy, I guess, when I got engaged, um, right before I actually got married. Can I back that up? Was she supportive of you, like, making the transition from baseball to law enforcement? Yes. Um, You know, she did push me to kind of stay within the baseball field um, because I still had that drive, that passion for it. But I was ready to kind of – I hated being away from her. Right. Um, You know, her – my she's my best friend. Um, Just seeing her every day, waking up next to her, coming home after a game or whatever it may be. Her seeing her in the stands, she always she drove me to continue to try and play, um, and that meant a lot to me. But she also understood that because even while I was playing baseball, I've I mentioned like, hey, when baseball is done, I'll, this is something I want to do is law enforcement. I grew up around it. She's very aware that my family was in law enforcement. I'm very aware her family was in law enforcement. Um, so she knew like it's my choice. She'll support it no matter what. Anyways, we buy the house in December of 2020. Um, and move in. It's a beautiful home. January, I get told about another guy from her. Shouldn't think anything of it. Married this woman. How long have you guys been together total? Like from like marriage? Probably two and a half, almost three years. Total? We like, got married quick. Right. Um, but how long were you guys together total prior to getting that news about the guy? I think it was right at right at three. Like three years? I really think it was right. I lost track of time. That's I, Sometimes in my head, I'm like, wait, we're together fucking 10 years. Yeah, yeah, Because like, yeah, yeah. that's how deep into the relationship I was. Right. Um, I felt like I was fucking high school sweethearts with this girl. Like, I'm not worried about the time because yeah, this no, is forever. Fucking, yeah. yeah it, you know, it's it, when you marry somebody, the, the goal is to die with them. Right. Raise your family, teach your kids how to raise their family, be good people, whatever you got to do, right? Right. Right. That's what we were passionate about. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to spend the rest. We vowed, dude. Right. Vowed. I was there. You were fucking there. I was there. You witnessed it, dude. Vowed. In a fucking church. In her home state. During covid that's how in love we were, bro. We got married during COVID. Um, January, homeboy gets introduced. I call him homeboy just because I, you know, whatever. Anyways, she tells me about this guy. It's a friend she's made at work. Great. So what? You know, she knows about my friends. Um, she's met a few of them. Hey, he, you know, they want to meet you, whatever. So I'm on the street. I meet him. You know, great. Um, you guys ever need anything? I'm here. Here's my number. Boom. Over the course of a couple months, I had found some things, um, noticed that communication was starting to get a little chippy. Um, I was asking myself questions. What the fuck am I doing wrong? Couldn't get an answer. It was always, an ex- in my head, an excuse of, I don't care. Uh, I think you're competing, you know, whatever. You know, when you when you marry someone with, that's in within the same career field, there there's gonna be that competition. I, I understand, right? But I think the communication is so key because we both experience events, right? Um, that could be life changing. 
July, end of July. I'm going to skip all the juicy stuff because that's more – just out of respect. I'm not going to go into detail. But right. in July, we were sitting in the living room, uh, end of July. And she just looks at me and she goes, I'm not happening anymore. I don't feel in love anymore. Bro, my heart fell out of my ass. I was I, I was I was practically on my knees in this girl's lap begging look what we have what 27 26 going into 27 year olds have a fucking house that's not cheap already we have you know the dog we got great careers great family come to find out you know, my side of the family wasn't worth a damn, apparently, um, which also killed me. And then I'll never forget the date because the anniversary was, what's today, the 8th? Something seventh. Like that. The 7th was three days ago. The one, I hate saying anniversary because it's not even a fucking happy moment. But I woke up, 9, 9.30, rolled over, you know, just snuggle my wife in the morning. I cheated. I didn't say that. She did. What? Hold on a second. In my head, I already fucking, I already had a feeling just based off the events from January to that point. Because the communication, everything was done. From the physical aspect of things, from the mental, from the communication. Cheated. Who, what, when, where, why, how. Couldn't get a fucking answer. I already knew who. And the heartbreak and the emotion that I dealt with, I automatically wanted to forgive because I wanted to save it. Because I didn't see my life with anybody else at that point. I saw everything come crashing down all at once. I'm going to lose the house. I'm going to lose family. And niece and nephew. All these things. Gone. And I wanted to save it. Because I didn't see myself with a part of no other family, a part of no other person. It killed me. Um, I was absolutely destroyed. Um, and it and it got to a point where I hid it for so long from my family that they didn't know, but they kind of had a feeling because they could see something was wrong with me. I wasn't talkative. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't working out. I was stressed. I was depressed. Um, you know, it was, I was, I had so much anxiety and I started to get into a dark hole and I didn't know how to come out of the fucking hole. And then she finally told me she wanted to separate, which she moved into another room because we were co-owners on the house. We had, you know, we stayed in the home. I didn't want to leave as toxic as it was. Um, you know, I didn't want to get that abandonment issue going on. Um, to be with someone for that long, to share life's experiences, and then it all be fucking washed away. The question that ran through my head through that entire separation and divorce process was why could something like this happen to me? I'm a committed human being. I'm consistent not only towards a relationship, but towards my friends and my fucking circle, my family, to the kids that we fucking mentor at our gym. Why me? You know, what did I do wrong for you to flip that switch? And what the fuck was the other guy doing 
that was better than me. You just spent the last four and a half, almost five years of your life with one person and you're just going to wipe it away. Just like that. Knowing what you have. Now, was this planned from, am I, this is a question that I still kind of have a, I don't know, I'm never going to get the answer to, but when he was introduced to me in January, did she already see the potential in this guy and built up the last couple of months until shit hit the fan so she, you know, could get some profit off of it? Oh, I'm not, I'm going to cheat or I'm going to do something. I'm going to split up with him, split the house done. Hell nah. Didn't work out that way. Didn't work out. I mean, look at yeah, me. It didn't work out I'm that way I'm thriving in this damn house, right? Yeah, we're in this house. We in here. Fucking gorgeous house. And through that divorce process, um, it fucking sucked. Um, I, I mean, shout out to my attorney. I'm not going to say his name, but he made me feel comfortable in a time of just absolute mayhem. Um, knowing that he was on my side, I knew that I was going to be okay no matter which route it took. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of the final, of the final stuff because that's irrelevant. But, um, you know, it's been fucking eight months since the divorce was finalized. Or I don't even know. I'm not even keeping track. I haven't heard once from her. I think she's with the other individual. You know, congrats to you guys if you guys are together. I mean... I'm not even going to talk trash, but it, the fucking greatest show on earth. And I said this in a recent Instagram post was watching for everybody that has been on my side who saw me from day one on August 4th of 2021 to right now, the greatest show on earth was my climb from darkness. I don't give a fuck what you watch on Netflix, Amazon prime. If you are part of my circle, my family, and I, I think my my circle is my family. We if are. you're involved in my life, dude, yeah. you're family. Yeah, 100%. And the greatest show on earth was watching me come from the deepest, darkest, just, I don't even know how to explain it, to, you know, a humble back to being Phil Morse, committed, driven, High morale, just, I'm back. And I'm happy as shit. I'm doing the things I love to do. I'm in the gym. I'm in the best shape of my life. I got a great career. I got great coworkers. I have a fantastic support system. I mean, that that's the story. Well, I want to know, okay, because I've watched all of this. So I already know the answers because I've been with you through this entire process. Right. Initially, it was... Why me? Yep. Right. And initially it was, it has to be my fault. Right. So I must therefore find a solution. Yep. At some point it had to have clicked that this isn't me. Right. Because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. And when did the thought process transition from, I'm going to lose everything to include myself. Right. My sanity. Mm-hmm. My house, mm-hmm. the girl, mm-hmm. my self-esteem, yep, everything. Mm-hmm. When did it go from that? Because I know there's there's deeper, darker circles that we're not going to brush on that you did experience yep. after that. Yep. You know, and I'm sure some of you can connect the dots. But 
what pushed the wheel, I guess, or pushed you in the right direction to go, okay, this happened, and now I need to do something positive or, or create some building blocks to get myself back together. What kind of started that for you? When I saw family and my friends acting the same way I was, in that depressed, they were so concerned about me, they were having trouble focusing on their life because they thought something was going to happen to me. So they were more worried about me and getting me back, trying to get my mind off things. So when I saw that what I was going through was affecting other people, I knew I wasn't Phil Morse anymore. That's when it clicked. I need to get back into the swing of things. I need to do the things I love. I need to be me. I need right. to get in the gym. I need to watch baseball because that's all I ever did for the last 22 years of my life. Right. Um, I reestablished my family relationship first. Okay. My mom had an absolute... And I think she's still struggling with it. Right. She struggled so hard through this process because she watched her son get married. That's a, that's every parent's dream right. is to watch their kid get married to the love of their life. Especially mama. Especially moms. Mom, fucking love you. Dad, same shit. Love you too, bro. Um, but when I saw them every single day, how are you feeling? How, that question was like, it's nice to get asked that question, but right. I'm starting to get tired of it. I wanted to be, you look fucking good today. Proud of how far you came. Right. But I knew I had to work for that. What did the work consist of? Like, what exactly did you have to do? So, <clears throat> I had, um, through the darkest part, I guess, I did see therapy. Went to a counselor local in the area I live at. Um, I actually saw him prior when I was applying to some other agencies. Um you know, just to chit chat with him. Um, but then I went back because having the same conversation with people that already know who I am, it was almost like repetitive. Right. So I felt like it wasn't really helping. It was always the pat on the back. Hey, you, you, you're going to be all right. Right, right, right. So to talk to somebody that has no idea who I am, besides maybe a couple sessions with the law trying to apply to other agencies, because the agency I was applying to wanted me to go through that. Right. Um, he knew a little bit about me, but he knew something was wrong. And we talked about this earlier. When I came back in, he could just tell by the way how I looked. The first I remember one of the first things he said was, Man, you you were big, you know, you were big as fuck, dude, six months ago. And <laughs> what's going on? Damn. I was like, Homie checked your thickness. I was like, bro, what? <laughs> and I had to tell him. I told him everything. Everything that I just mentioned in here was a little bit more deeper and darker, but right. he knew. And what he told me was the emotion that I'm feeling is all natural because you committed your life. You vowed your life to one person and now it's completely stabbed you in the back. And now you have to come up and restart this next chapter in your life in, in which in a lot of people's heads, this could take, it could take years. Yeah. Um, well, and for you, I mean, yeah. you're not fully healed yet. You're right. going to still go through evolutions of issues 
as you start jumping, maybe getting into other relationships, there's going to be things that pop up that maybe you weren't aware of. Right. Uh, but being conscious about it mm-hmm. is the important part and knowing how to assess it. Right. If things are too fucked up, I'm going to go back to therapy. Right. But if not, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to make sure that these daily habits are, are yeah. intertwined. So, yeah. um, so it sounds like the therapist not only got you emotionally squared away, but was like, you need to get your ass back in the gym. Bro, yeah. He was like, dude, you need to, you are not the athletic dude that I, I saw six months ago. And I could just tell because you, every time you came in here, you talked about it. We would talk, but would you lift today? No, I did shoulders. You know, I right. did arms. I did, I did legs. Right. Whatever. And he would t- talk about my exercise routine. How many reps? How many sets? And then when I came in there, I'm talking about the most depressing shit ever. And he's like, bro, well, hold on a sec. You know, what the fuck happened to you, bro? This ain't the Moors I know. Bro, you look like trash. Right. You know, respectfully. That clicked. And you're like, boom. I was like, dude. And that it's time. was around the same time that we started working the same shift together. Yep. And so that's when you were like, hey, bro, do you want to start going to the gym together? Mm-hmm. And then that snowballed into Lift the Live several months later. Yep. And then everything else. Yeah. I mean, it's just been an absolute. So the comeback has been blessing. real. It's been, it, it mean, it's been such a fucking blessing because I think it was at the time where maybe you had just finished up what you went through. Right. Now you're happy. Right. Shit hits the fan for me because I was helping you through what you were going through. I was. You listening. were helping me go through what I go through, which in my eyes wasn't even nearly as big of a deal as what you were going through while you were going through your shit. Right. And then it was right in the prime of my shit. It was kind of, I mean, it wasn't fully complete on your side yet, but right. you kind of knew. I was like, fuck, I got to take the next couple steps. Yeah. You know, and I, it was a little bit of, I had watched you kind of go through what you went through. And I was like, well, I can definitely go, th- I can definitely overcome mm-hmm. my shit because yeah. like I said, what I was going through was, was nowhere near. Although like, you're right. Like when, you know, we talked about this before comparing issues or what can be healthy it, it is not necessarily healthy. Yeah. So I rephrase that because even though what I was going through was very small to me, it was very big and right. to what you were going through was really like, if you were to put the two things together, it was very big. Yeah. That's um, a life changing In world. comparison to mine. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know, so, um, I think just so listeners listen to this, right. We were able to, you know, Morse was able to, to share his story. A, to be able to share your story is big because some people never get to a comfortable enough spot, especially to speak on like a platform like this, where anybody can listen to it Yeah, is to get to a place where they feel confident enough to go, you know what, I'm going to share my story so hopefully it can help somebody else. Yeah. And and really why I wanted this podcast to happen and, you know, we had been talking about it for so long yeah. is because the, mi- the, the most minor inconvenience based off of what your past experiences are and how those experiences trigger you mm-hmm. can make you feel as though that the world is over. Right. There's no uphill from here. Yeah. There's nothing. And you're a pure example of, I went through mm-hmm. the shit. Yeah. You know, the that's pretty. Drag that's, that's a really, really, really bad scenario to have to go through in a committed relationship. And you are able to go through it, go through those that darkness. And, you know, and then... Uh, now be where you are now. And yeah. I think, you know, going back to previous podcasts where we've talked about it is you having that wolf pack. Yeah. 
right? Like it makes all the difference. Right. You know, it, it makes all the difference because you had family mm-hmm. that was like, you could tell you were bringing them down. Right. You know, see it every day. And I think that a lot of people in this profession specifically uh, will feel the same way because I could be wrong here, but I have a feeling that a lot of people who get into our profession or gets gets into like the military or, you know, the, the first responder profession typically have this inherent nature to take the blame for everything. Mm-hmm. So we feel guilty about everything, mm-hmm. which paints a picture to everybody else is, oh, wow, they're such a good person because they do that. And there is truth to that. But the reason that I caught you saying it, that you actually decided to get treatment was not for your or, or treatment, but like to, to start yeah. bettering yourself was not because you thought you you deserved it. Right. It was because you were like, OK, I'm affecting other people that I care about yep. to the point where I need to get myself together. Yeah. And that indirectly ended up leading you into, you know, where you are now, where yeah. it ended up benefiting them and you all at the same time and people have seen you grow we built a business out of it yeah i mean uh you know you and i became a lot closer because oh, of it um you know a lot of different things and then you even though that wasn't your game plan initially you know that's why i think the big man upstairs just always has things mapped out before we do right is that like what i was dealing with which was nowhere near as similar but was very real to me you ended up helping me out through that indirectly Right. And somewhat directly. Right. Um, you know, so to give like just a little bit of a background of like what I was going through um, during that time was I was in this relationship that I never should have been in in the first place. <laughs> and I knew that from the beginning months, but I was in a bad place when I when I met, uh, you know, this girl and already. So I had already positioned all my happiness towards her and she was not in a place where she could provide that. And it just became this. To, to cut it really short, it was it was a chase game for like a year and a half mm-hmm. where I was getting nothing out of the relationship, but I had built her up so much in my head that it was a chase, 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 chase. I wasn't doing the podcast anymore. That's why you see that hiatus of where we didn't have any podcast. One less went down the drain, yep. like because I literally was like, eat, sleep, go to work and chase after this woman. Right. And that was it. And I did that for like a year and a half. Yeah. Until finally I broke down and I was, and I literally had this conversation with myself. I have lost all respect for myself as a man. Right. I'll tell you how bad it was so bad that I left the special operations team because of it. Right. I remember when you did that. I got on our, which is the equivalent to a SWAT team for our department. And I wasn't performing well. And I do believe that a lot of that poor performance was due to me just being so wrapped up. I mean, I can't believe how like, I guess like like psychotic I was in this relationship where I was so wrapped up in it where I couldn't even focus on the training at hand. I couldn't drop it. Yeah. I just could not stop thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it and everything that I did. And I was so anxious all the time. Yeah. And it got to the point where like I even, I opted myself out of that position. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I saw how you were starting to come around. I finally made a decision. You know what, Dylan? you got to have a little bit more respect for yourself. Right. You know, in all fairness, you know, my ex had given me kind of like the roadmap. She had identified that there were going to be issues that we were going to have to deal with. But I took the burden of them. And instead of just looking at those at face value, I did kind of what you did. And I was like, oh, it must be 
something wrong with me. Right. But event, but then eventually like seeing what you went through, I was like, all right. And I built up enough confidence to go, I need to leave this shit. Yeah. And I did. And then since I've left that relationship, we were able to <laughs> start lift the live. Yeah. Get the podcast going again. Got juicy as fuck. Got all my medical things sorted out. Yeah. Started going to the doctors, getting the blood work, getting everything done. I didn't realize that I had like, and we'll talk about this in the podcast later. I didn't really realize. I knew I had hypothyroidism, but I didn't know I had low testosterone and I had like all these other things yeah. going on. And I was able to get all those in order because finally I could take the focus off of this mm-hmm. and focus on myself a little bit. And inherently it ended up mentally putting me in a position to deal with what was happening in the job. Because right. on top of that, my, my job as the staffing got so low that I got thrown out of my position that I loved for five years. It's probably never going to come back. Right. And I don't think I would have handled that all as well when it all happened. Mm-hmm. If I wouldn't have taken that initial leap, which that leaps or kind of originated or started mm-hmm. from seeing you starting to overcome yours. Yeah. So it just all worked out together. And now, you know, it's a lot, I, I recognize this is a very long episode, but to now, I'm in a relationship. Beautiful one too. Yeah. She's she's so good for you. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll bring up kind of like earlier in the podcast. And again, I'm not bringing in a lot of issues because this is out of respect. I'm, you know, I'm not here to, you know, I don't mind sharing a lot of public information, but, you know, we got to. Right. You know, um, yeah, I see it. Um, <clears throat> but understanding that not only when I got into this relationship that I'm currently in, not only was my job not really where I wanted it to be, but I also didn't realize, even though it had been, what, eight, nine months since my last breakup, I didn't realize how much I had become emotionally distant mm-hmm. or like just closed off. Right. And I noticed that in this relationship. Yeah. And then I didn't really even notice how much the job was affecting me because now that she's moved in, we see each other all the time. Right. Which means that I, and I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize how much of an asshole I was. To just be honest, like I didn't realize how hot headed I was. Yeah. Um, because when you're with yourself all the time, because I've basically lived with my only lived with myself since I've moved out of my parents' house freaking almost a decade a decade ago, you know, Dang. like I, you know, so I, I just I didn't realize that all these you know I didn't realize all these issues and now I'm seeing them. But to bring it all in full circle is just understanding that, you know, from a relationship standpoint, there's a couple good few hints, um, you know, or, or few lessons, I think, to be learned out of this is one, the biggest one that 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 anybody and I took away from your story is that it's only over when you say it's over. And I don't mean the relationship. I mean, like your overall life and what you can accomplish and what you can push towards. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to give up, you could have. Yeah. But you didn't. Right. Right. And once you made that conscious decision not to give up, you didn't become a drunk. You didn't become an asshole. You didn't become all these different things. You took that as fuel to become a better version of yourself. Yeah. One that one day somebody will appreciate and you'll be able to appreciate them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, moving forward. And then this, the other thing is, is that, you know, with my situation is I'm just blessed that I'm aware of how I am emotionally. Yeah. Right. 
uh, because I think that I've gone a very long time with just kind of riding through and not really realizing it. Now, if I'm being an ass or I'm being high tempered or I'm being like that, I can like really pinpoint that. Right. You know, at different things. Fuck, work was a fucking mess. No wonder I'm so hot headed my first day off. Yeah. Or this happened or that happened or this happened. And then I can be like, hey, babe, I'm sorry. Like, hey, babe, give me my space. Yeah. Can I, you know, I need my space, you know, especially since we're living together. Hey, I need my space. Let me play my video games here and there. No, we can go to dinner later, but let me, let me get, you know, a couple hours to myself. Yeah. And she respects that. Yeah. Which is important. And then communication. So. I mean, communication is everything. I mean, we probably have, you know, serious talks or whatever it is, you know. So key. Pretty, pretty, pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, and, and look, a core difference is between like my relationship so far has only been a few months. It's not, it's not a long relationship. I'm not bringing this advice onto somebody. You know, when I know that a lot of things can happen over the next, you know, year, few years, few months, whatever it is, I'm just really giving the point that you're going to notice regardless that A, issues that you had with previous relationships, whether you think they are or not, are going to seep into your your next relationship and your next relationship. Just kind of how it is. It depends on what your brain has to resort to, mm-hmm. um, like as kind of like a reference point for what a relationship is to look like. And I've never really necessarily had a healthy one. All my relationships have been steered around people that like I, I think we all knew that we, we weren't good for each other, but we just kind of tried to make it work. Um, so understanding that, but then also understanding that now you're in this, this very, very high stress profession and you're going to bring that home. Right. And so to give you some ways of alleviation is one therapy, which actually I'm considering going back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually a very high probability just, just to make sure I'm on the up and up. Um, I can be blessed enough to say that I haven't felt depressed in a very long time, but I have felt anxious. Um, I've been having a lot of anxiety lately just around the job, around relationships, around just pretty much general life. Um, and so I just, you know, get a check on that, you know, say what's up to, to a therapist. Right. And, uh, you know, hash that out a little bit because I understand that that's a necessity if I want to continue to level up mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and also the gym. Right. All right. The gym is a big piece of me. It's a big piece of my life. Uh, it's it's what I need. Um, yeah. It's not everything. You can't just go to the gym and exclude the therapy. You can't just go to the gym and exclude, you know, cutting out, you know, if you're if you're binge drinking, like, you know, cutting like you it, there's a totality of wellness that that needs to be accomplished here. Yeah. In order for you to even just have a healthy relationship. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's just really I think that like the premise of this podcast right here is to just give you a pure example of how things can go really really bad. Right. Really you went through a divorce bad. wherein the person you know unfortunately committed adultery and cheated on you and. I saw you go through the deepest, darkest pits of where that as a man could take you mm-hmm. and and how you're able to build yourself back up from that yeah. and how you're progressively back up and the consistency that you've shown in that effort. Um, and then, you know, just getting a better understanding of self so that you can continue yeah. to have healthy relationships with people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and- if you if this is for anybody, this isn't law enforcement specific. This is for anybody that's in a serious relationship that gets married. Divorce should never 
be on either one's mind when shit's starting to hit the fan. I saw this in a TikTok the other day. I cannot remember who the guy was, but he was on a podcast about how when he married his wife, that's his ride or die. No matter how bad shit is, find a way. You don't spend all this time going through hell and back with one another, learning one another, learning the families of one another, what they like to do, what they dislike. They're fucking kinks, for God's sakes. Divorce should never, ever be the answer. Take time to cool off if you guys have a serious fight. This is where the communication part kicks in. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't dislike one another and then just get after it. And then yell, bark back and forth because that's not a healthy conversation. That's not healthy communication. A TikTok I saw recently was what me and my husband do when uh, we fight or have a bad fight. They give each other their space. Mm -hmm. Then they slowly, they talk about the love languages. Gifts, yeah. I think it's like gifts or something like that. Gifts mm -hmm. of affirmation or whatever. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, um, giving. Acts of service. Like, yeah, acts of service. That's what it was. This woman goes and buys his favorite coffee from Starbucks. Right. Right. Now they're starting to integrate one another. They start to clean the house together. Right. Now the conversation may not be there yet, but they're slowly but surely doing the things that they've always done every single day. Right. So that right before they go to bed... They don't go to bed angry. Right. Because that's not the place you want to go, you know, go to sleep angry mm -hmm. at is the bedroom. And then they they have a conversation, they hear one another out about maybe what can we do better next time? Right. To better resolve our debate or yeah. our argument. But divorce, that should never be a part. Now, if adultery is in play, I mean, well, you got to figure that shit out. Yeah, and I you think you got to leave it or if you do, God forbid, work that relationship out, you have to understand that your partner did what they did right. for the rest of your life every every time you you look, yeah. you look at them. So, I, and to backtrack on that as well is like adult. Uh, sorry, a divorce should not be in the books unless, of course, both partners aren't willing to grow. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And let's just take the divorce as the extreme. If you guys aren't even married, if you're in a relationship. The one thing that I look for in my relationship is, are we willing to grow? Can we actually mm -hmm. communicate and then move forward based off of what we've talked about? You know, our, our kind of changes being made or, you know, whatever it is like, um, you know, so uh, communication yeah. is a big one, but, but I want to just backtrack and, and, and get towards the closing here is understanding that let's just say perfect world, right? Um, you're now getting into this profession and now you're starting to get into the dating world or maybe you're already in a, co a consistent relationship. Uh, something that, I, that we need to speak on before we close this out is, is that you cannot expect your partner to fully understand what you're dealing with on the job. Those are things that your partner should be there as a support system, yep. but not as your therapist. Mm -hmm. And not as the person to, to, you know, quote unquote, fix you. Amen. Um, which, you know, again, I guess that was a bad word to use, not fix you, but, but you can't rely on your partner to understand what you're going through because the things you're going to see on the job are unexplained. You can't explain them. Right. 
and you know because and then if you start doing that then you're going to start hearing their issues and you're going to belittle them to what your issues are because yes most likely if you're in our profession you are going to see things experiencing things that are 10 times more messed up than what you know the average job might have to deal with but that doesn't make their stress any less important yeah so it's just about identifying those things and getting ahead of them uh so that they don't lead to because i like you said you know even going back to the divorce conversation is I do believe that a lot of issues in relationships can be resolved through good communication and the agreement of growth between two people. Correct. With that being said, you know, when it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah. So there, so there's different, you know, there's a, there's a give and take there. Um, the other thing, the one last thing I want to mention before the end of this is that um, domestic violence is a real thing. Yep. Uh, you know, we might play hero in our profession, but we are not all, you know, good Samaritans when it comes to, that wheelhouse mm-hmm. officers get fired left and right for that shit. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and not to build an excuse, but built up trauma and bad habits can lead to poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Lots of trauma, excessive alcohol, rage that hasn't been addressed. Yep. Place down on the partner or partner or vice versa, poor communication, what have you. We go to these things all the time, almost on a daily basis at work, understanding that. And if you are, if you are going through a domestic violence crisis or you're in a situation where you don't feel like you can get out of it, mm-hmm. contacting your local domestic violence hotline is a big one. And somebody asked this on a TikTok before we got in. What do I do if I know somebody's in a really unhealthy relationship Yeah, and I don't know how to get them out of it or, you know, what do I do? And, and one thing is I would do an anonymous tip to your local domestic violence hotline. Let professionals reach out Yeah, um, and, and keep it anonymous, um, you know, uh, uh, another thing is, is just being supportive of them uh-huh. because unfortunately individuals that may be in a very, uh, you know, violent or whatever, um, environment, um, are not, have not developed the confidence or the resiliency to leave on their own. And yeah. probably there's more, there's a more of a likelihood of them to leave you as a friend yeah. than to leave the actual person. Right. Um, so just making sure that you, you know, you are very supportive of that person, um, you know, if you show signs that they're looking to leave or anything like that. But yeah, uh, domestic violence is a real thing. Um, and, you know, we see it all the time. And, and you know, bad. And again, this just becomes the overall cycle of wellness. Yeah. Get your shit together. Build a set of, uh, of build a set of morals for yourself. Go to therapy. If 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 that's what best suits you, get yourself in the gym, start eating right. Read some books. You know what I mean? Like, you know, continue to grow yourself and elevate yourself as a person yeah. so that you don't become in like this toxic, stagnant state that usually will in, get you to even act right. in, you know, in a way that you normally wouldn't. Yeah. You know, oh, my God, I can't believe Johnny hit, you know, Martha. I, you know, he's such a nice guy. Well, Johnny may have not taken care of his shit. If, or maybe they had issues a long time ago that they need to take care of. There could be a number of different things. Or maybe he's got, you know, family trauma. that That's just the yeah. way he, you know, was shown to treat women. Who knows? This could be a thousand different avenues. But, you know, understanding that there are resources out there to help you, um, you know, and... Don't hesitate to speak don't, up. Don't hesitate to speak up. So, with that... And never forget why you fell in love with somebody. If you get to experience falling in love and you know shit might not be good right now mm-hmm. never forget why right never forget the why you fell in love with that person everybody's situation is different you got to find out what works best for you right 
But I think like, you know, and this again, coming from advice from people who have experience, life experience, but not necessarily professional experience. Yeah. Understanding that, you know, your situation may be different, but, you know, communication, understanding that as you get in this profession, uh, you you are going to change as a person. It just kind of happens, whether that's big changes or small changes. It's just being exposed to those type of events just has a fucking way of affecting the brain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that can cause different temperament issues. And then also, you know, from the resiliency side of things is understanding that you can go through very, very dark times and pull yourself out of them. Yeah. And specifically with your story and relationships with my story and, and, and dealing with what I dealt with, like we are two people here to advise you that, yeah, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Not every day is a great day, but, and I still do deal with my demons. There's still demons that you deal with, but understanding that you can overcome a lot more than you think you can. Mm-hmm. So on that note, we're going to skip the uh, officer down. Um, this week because we want to really focus on this topic. Uh, but in two weeks when we film on our next off Sunday, yep, I'll make sure to uh, take some time to read off those names. So appreciate you guys for coming through. We are TikTok Live right now. Um, this episode should be up in the next couple of days. Yep. Um, critique us. Let us know what you guys think. Like, share, spread it. And yeah. if you guys are going through something dark right now, it, it gets better. I promise. I yeah. experienced it. Dylan experienced it. You got to take that proactive effort. It's not going to happen on its own. Yep. All right. Peace and love, baby. All right. Thank you, guys. Peace.